podcast fresh all right what's up everybody welcome back to the podcast fresh cafe where we talk about wrestling video games movies and anything pop culture i am your host ryan mellow aka acapello aka pac-man aka whatever else chris wants to call me because apparently i have too many names (laughs) (laughs) and yes the man in question let me introduce my co-host my partner in crime chris torres what's up my brother hey man i'm good Doing good. Happy to be here. Happy to be here as always. Happy to be here. Oh, sweet. Okay, we got a great show for you guys. This is Podcast Podcast Fresh Cafe, tape number two. Uh, we're going to talk about the usual, the wrestling, the video games, and maybe a possible story time with Chris. Who knows if we're, mm-hmm. if we're good enough. Um, yeah. Uh, Chris, how's your week been, man? Pretty good. Uh, things are slowing down at work. You know, I work in construction, so things are slowing down a little bit, but... Um, you know, just still keeping busy with everything going on with the podcast and, um, you know, spending a lot of time at the park. I'm averaging I'm, I'm there pretty much every other day. I go to the park. Uh, you spend a couple hours with the dogs. Other than that, man, not really much else to do. I mean, with respect to covid. So um, it's not that I'm afraid to go anywhere, but there's really nothing to do. Uh, even if you go to the movie theater, it's the same two or three movies. Um, even if you want to go to just Starbucks and sit there on your laptop for a bit, it's just, it's just, it's all off a little bit, you know, and you're seeing some businesses really respect the COVID rules and other people, other businesses, not so much. So you kind of have to be a buyer beware. Um, so I don't know for me, one of the, uh, one of the easy ways to figure that out is, you know, if, if you have a, a restaurant that you, that you know of, and it's probably failed in the past for, uh, health violations and things like that that's probably a restaurant to avoid you know what i mean mm. um but other than that man just chilling you know uh sitting at home becoming a bit of a homebody a bit of a hermit as the weather gets a little bit colder so not too much else just having a little bit of a fall i don't even know why you call it a staycation but <laughs> something or other i've just been spending a lot of time at home yeah 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 you man how about you yeah no this is a forced staycation there's just just nothing to do. I mean, I've always been a homebody, so it doesn't. Honestly, I don't know how people will react to this, but it just this this pandemic barely has affected me because, dang. I mean, I just I don't know. I love being home and and like I just I get lost in all my interests and I could find a million things to do at home. Was never much uh, of a going out uh, kind of person, but you know, there's still there was one or two places I'd go to and I can't you know do the same thing anymore. So that sucks. So yeah, in in a way, I mean, it affects everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, this pandemic needs to go. Uh, but yeah, but my week, man, like just been preparing for this new house, just been going there, making some visits, measuring some walls, seeing what kind of furniture I could buy for this house. You know, how much of a struggle it'll be to move in. I do got some renovations coming up tomorrow as we speak. We're recording this on a Thursday, uh, October 8th, I think October 8th. Mm. And, um, yeah, so the 9th and the 10th, I'm definitely going to get to work on my new house. Really excited about it, even though, you know, it is work, but it's mine. So, you know, can't, yeah. com- can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, yeah, though, my, my week has been that. It's just been really busy with this new house. Um, of course, the podcast, I've, I recently just got back on duty with the podcast. Little, uh, little tidbit, Chris has been helming this whole thing for a while because I've been super, super busy besides my appearances on the actual show. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry, Chris, but I'm back. Uh, but uh, yeah so we're gonna do this cafe tape number two it's gonna be awesome let's talk about some wrestling
Ah, that's some wrestling. So, a couple of things to talk about this week. We made a couple of matches already assigned for uh, the next WWE pay-per-view. We have a couple of uh, well, rematches. We have Drew McIntyre taking on Randy Orton again for the uh, Raw uh, men's title. This one's going to be in a hell in a cell. So, uh, really, really big match for McIntyre. Um, Orton's been in the cell before, so this is nothing new for him. And, um, you know, we all saw what happened at the ambulance match there. Uh, if you don't know, go and check out that show. I dropped a couple days ago. But uh, you can check out the results there. But Randy Orton losing that one by getting tossed into the ambulance. So they'll have a rematch here. Orton's got, uh, I mean, he's got a claim for the belt. I mean, he was attacked four on one in in, in a main event <laughs> on, on a pay-per-view. I don't know. What do you think about that, Ryan? Like, deserved, right? Title match? Well deserved. Um, Orton's been on top all year, man. All year for for the past what seems like ten years, like he's just he's the go to guy whenever they need a guy. Um, do I think I, I, as as deserving as it is, and I don't know why, I don't know how people will take this, but I don't think Randy should take the belt at all off McIntyre. I don't think he's the guy to do it. Right. Um, they're in store for a great match again. Like that ambulance match was awesome, especially with all the cameos. But yeah. I, in my opinion, I just think like Drew needs to hold on to that belt and and uh, really surpass the Orton obstacle because I feel like once he does that, he's kind of cemented himself as you know he is the top he is he's a top dog he's a top player right now and uh, it's gonna take something special someone special to to dethrone him of the belt. Uh, Randy could easily be that guy. I just feel like story wise, it wouldn't make sense. I feel like I feel like Drew has to hold on to the strap. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you there on uh, that point. Yeah, you're right, because the wild card for me is where is Brock Lesnar? Because, you know, he tends to show up, uh, you know, end of the year, early January by Rumble. He's already back in the mix for his Mania match and Payday. So to me, it's interesting to see where he's going to be slotted. I think wherever Lesnar goes, you work the whole card around him. So a million ways you can go about it. You can do McIntyre, Lesnar, too. Um, because uh, Lesnar hasn't been around since he dropped the strap to McIntyre, right? No, he left right after. Yeah, so that would be a natural rematch. You could have Randy Orton hold the strap and go against Lesnar. That doesn't seem as enticing to me. We've seen it before. Mm. Yeah, recently, a couple years ago, that they had that um, SummerSlam match where um, Brock Lesnar, I guess, gr- legit ground and pounded Randy Orton's head into the mat. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was the was one just- where. Wasn't that the one where, like, the, the most memorable thing of that was when Randy RKO'd him out of nowhere on Raw? Right. Yeah, like, I think that, that was, was actually, yeah, the, I think it was that during feud. The build up? Right, yeah. yeah. It was badass as hell. And during <laughs> that match, I guess, I mean, obviously they did it cooperatively, but Lesnar opened them up for real with elbows. That was insane. Right, yeah, yeah. I remember. But, so I don't know. I think a lot of it revolves around where Lesnar ends up, but. Uh, you know, no wrong answers here. So you got McIntyre, Orton. I would say keep the keep the strap on McIntyre. But if Randy Orton wins it, at the very least, it does make things a little bit interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, whoever wins it, it it's bound to get interesting just because you don't really know what's next. Yeah. I'm assuming if Orton wins, though, Drew would get another rematch. But at the same time, it's like, do we really want to see Orton Drew 3? I don't know. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah, they don't want to overflood uh, us with that kind of stuff. I personally hate feuds that last more than two matches, but. Hey. <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah, so that much is coming up. And then also announced on the card official, we have uh, Uso Reigns 2. So they're going to go at it again. And those two will be, let me just double check here, if that will be in a cell. Because I didn't watch SmackDown last week. But yeah, it'll be in, in a cell. So there you go. You got your two cell matches. So um, that's a big task for Uso, man. Damn, he's getting thrown into the wolves. Yeah. Holy no, I'm sorry. Crap. It's not. It's not a Hell in a Cell match. I'm sorry. It's oh, it's not. not. It's okay. Not. It's, not. it's just so that that's Hell in good. a Cell. Yeah. Reigns offered Uso another shot at the belt. Yeah. And uh, after being embarrassed at Clash of the Champions when Uso refused to acknowledge him as Tribal Chief, a match Reigns won when Jay's brother Jimmy threw in a towel. Reigns did warn, however, that the match would come with higher stakes than any match that has ever had in WWE history. Um, the only clip I saw of this from SmackDown, did you watch uh, when Roman Reigns gave him a kiss and a hug? Yeah, I saw the whole show. That was crazy. Dude, it's like yeah. Roman, it's like he's, he's awesome. so he's like unstable now. Like they're building him up to be this crazy dude. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's tremendous. Yeah. So yeah, you have uh, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso to um, I don't know. I'm not. Th- I'm not that excited about this one. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad match. I think uh, the match they had at uh, Clash of Champions was really good, but the way the story ended, I mean, he already beat him down within an inch of his life, and yeah, okay, he didn't give up. The towel was thrown in, but for all intents and purposes, why are we here? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't disagree. Like, I feel like the first. The first match at Clash of Champions should have just been a one and done kind of thing. I mean, right. they could have progressed with the story somehow, but they didn't have to have another match. Like, what's what's the point? He's just gonna floor with him. He's gonna wipe the floor with him again. Um, however, I'm I've heard, uh, excuse me, I've heard The Rock is in talks to show up at some point and be added to this storyline. Maybe, maybe this is why. Maybe they're doing a thing where Roman just completely kills Uso again and The Rock shows up to stop him and be like, yo, what the hell are you doing kind of thing. But Yeah. And then they build up to a match at like Mania or something. But it's like, it's also a long shot to think that way. So I let's just say I never said that. The Rock isn't in talks to come. I mean, what do we get from this match? We just get another, you know, mop the floor moment with Jey Uso. But yeah. I also heard like on the other side, there's a Samoan stable in the works. So it's like it could... There's a lot that could happen. I just feel like whatever happens at this Hell in a Cell uh, pay-per-view with uh, Roman and Jay, it's got to bring a twist that's going to keep the audience captivated. Because if yeah. they're just going to redo the same thing, like, okay, it's they did a great job of it the first time, but it's like, okay, this is just, uh, we're seeing it again in, in a different day. So they got to they gotta do something different. They got to introduce a really interesting new element to the to the atmosphere of their world because if they're just going to redo the same thing, like they're going to lose me, not just me, like just, you know, the audience in general. Yeah. Well, they're doing a really, uh, lately they've been doing a better job. I got to say that I was about to bury them, but the truth is WWE has been doing a really better job lately. I don't want to go too crazy with credit. Cause every time I feel like we're going in the right direction, they'll do something really dumb. Oh yeah. 100%. Like put the world title on Baron Corbin or something like they'll do something like that. Yeah. You know, it's funny because a couple last week I was on an Instagram page and somebody had said uh, book the uh, book the Roman Reigns angle from here to Mania, and mm. I love those ones because it's like you know I love get, getting my creative juices flowing. So here's the here's how I would write it if I was a WWE writer writing oh, this story from damn. from here to Mania. It won't take long, but it's a little paragraph here. 
So this booking story would take place, um, it would start after Clash of Champions. So Roman Reigns just beat up his cousin. His other cousin gave him the, the stinky eye, um, but Roman remains champ. So here's how you book the rest of it. Rikishi shows up on SmackDown and he confronts Roman over the treatment of his cousins. He says that it's not in the family's way and that Roman knows better because they've been boys since they were little. Roman has a tear in his eye and he goes, he understands and he's got nothing but respect for his uncle and his cousins. And uh, Rikishi gives him a hug. And uh, of course, as soon as he's done this, Roman assaults him from behind, right? Or maybe just shoves him into a wall. You can't get too physical with Rikishi, right? He's older no. at this point. But maybe <laughs> yeah. if he's wearing like a jacket or something, you grab him by the neck of the jacket and pin them against the wall, you know, and you tell him, you're part of my family. I am not a part of yours, right? Something like Ooh. that. And um, right. this is... This pisses off the Usos, and we advertise that the Usos are going to come the next week to respond to Roman, right? Both of them. Um, so uh, what would you see here? So Roman seems to understand. He assaults his, his uh, uncle, and then for the next two weeks, the Usos together attack Roman every chance they get, coming out from the side, coming out from the crowd, just beating on Roman. Um, this allows Roman to at least keep the title once. There will be a, at least a title match from here to that pay-per-view. Um, where it's messed up by uh, the Usos, so it's a DQ. It's announced as Usos versus Roman uh, by himself or with a partner if he's able to get one at the pay-per-view. Roman spends the whole SmackDown episode walking backstage with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman says he's got a couple of guys that he knows that uh, might be able to team with him. Anyway, it ends up being that nobody on SmackDown wants to team with him because they don't like his attitude, right? So Roman says, you know what, to hell with it. I'll show up on Sunday by myself and I'll take care of this. So uh, you show up at Hell in a Cell, and uh, the Usos come out first. Then Roman comes out. Uh, the bell rings, actually, and uh, begins as a handicap match. And um, you have the Usos uh, double-teaming, flying around, hitting Roman with everything. And uh, who should come down the aisle but uh, Samoa Joe, right? So Joe comes down to the ring. Um, maybe he can even get up from the commentary. Who knows? It, I always love those commentary surprises, right? But he can get up from the desk, you know, take off his suit and get into the ring. And uh, it's that old, oh, my God, whose side is he on kind of thing, right? And um, he turns around, and uh, it looks like he's going to join the Usos in beating up Roman, but he actually starts attacking the Usos. And he turns the tables, uh, spear, spear, Kokita clutch, and it's over. The winners are uh, Samoa Joe and and, uh, Roman Reigns there. So you continue on with this entire uh, Samoan story. Paul Heyman announces that Joe is back and he signed with SmackDown since he was a free agent. Um, he's now Roman's uh, personal bodyguard. So we have just a, a really uh, dark and subdued Joe here in a suit following Heyman and uh, Roman around. Heading towards the Rumble, Joe uh, Samoa Joe throws his name in the hat. He's going to be in the match. Roman's happy and so is Heyman because he's excited at the prospect of ruling both SmackDown and Raw by having both world titles, right? Even if right. it means he's going to have to move some uh, some pieces around. So then we go to the Royal Rumble in January of next year. The Rock is there just backstage. He's just there to maybe cut a couple promos and introduce everybody to uh, to everything. During one of the backstage segments, uh, he crisscrosses with Roman Reigns backstage. And this is the first time that we see Roman and The Rock together on camera. Um, and uh, Rock says... Uh, uh, Roman says to him, uh, "Well, you've uh, you've changed since the last time uh, since I, last time I seen you." And Rock just looks at him, and he looks over Roman's shoulder, and he lo- he looks right at Paul Heyman's eyes, 
And he looks back at Roman and he goes, yeah, so have you. And uh, Rock just kind of leaves him at that, right? So he, he leaves him. Uh, you know, right. Roman does that good stank face, like, fuck this guy, right? So whatever, <laughs> him and Paul Heyman leave. Um, and then where are we here? Rock tells him a lot has changed. Yep, he snubs him. At the Rumble match, uh, Joe is in the final four. So you can have four guys in there. It's usually like Dolph Ziggler, Joe, you know, like <laughs> there's always Ziggler in there. The, 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 he always comes in at number 32, right? But yeah. so Joe's in the match and he's uh, really uh, in control. Paul Heyman's been helping out a little bit by tripping guys and helping to uh, eliminate some people. Number 30 hits and it's Brock Lesnar. His music hits. Everybody goes crazy. Paul Heyman is white as a ghost. He can't believe it, right? Uh, so he comes down. Lesnar comes in, just a train on fire. He's a complete babyface, clotheslining everybody over the ropes. He grabs Joe, tosses him out, and uh, he wins the uh, the championship. The next night on Raw, Lesnar decides that he's going to go for the uh, Roman Reigns SmackDown title um, with not a ref in WWE that wants to get in there with Lesnar and Roman. It is announced that The Rock will referee Roman versus Lesnar for the SmackDown title at WrestleMania. Roman Damn. wins, uh, screaming at The Rock to count to three. Uh, Rock hesitates, but he does. Rock counts to three. Rock gives him the belt afterwards, and uh, as Roman shakes his hand, Rock turns around, and he gets speared out of his boots. Uh, you can then do Roman versus Rock at SummerSlam in Miami, if we're still doing that. Um, and you can call it The Rock's final match in his hometown of Miami. And uh, Roman wins... That one, or you can have the rock go over. It just really depends, but that's how I would book that entire angle from here to Mania. WWE's not even going to come within twenty percent of everything I just said, but <laughs> you know, it's good to dream sometimes. That's incredible. Yeah. I've always praised you for your ability to write wrestling storylines, and that was <laughs> right, right. that was pretty fucking good. <laughs> like you'd buy that paper, right? You'd be like, "Damn, I don't know who I want to win." Fuck, I'd buy it twice. Oh, but man. um, yeah, no, that'd be that'd be fantastic but uh, i'm sorry to break it to you chris but we watch something called wwe and uh they just don't think that's cool you know? yeah we live in reality <laughs> we live in uh reality we live in vince's live in, reality uh, where the 74 year old guy is trying to tell you what's cool and what's not what's cool. cool that's right uh what else we got vince. uh we got cody Rhodes recaptured the tnt title i have not seen this match in full i've seen some clips my question to you did you watch the promo that he cut after he won the belt back Oh, man, it was so emotional. Dude, I had tears in my eyes. Me too. I was like, damn, he freaking, like, the way he was yelling it yeah. and just, you look into his eyes and he's got blood on, like, his nose here, but, like, yeah, it was just, you really felt what the hell he was saying, man. And, like, I didn't even know Cody had that in him. I'm not too familiar with him, to be damn. honest with you. But uh, from what I do know of him, I know the guy's a good wrestler, but, like, damn, I did not know he had a promo like that in him, and that just made me... That it, damn, it just my jaw dropped. It was great. It's funny because he's probably had that promobility in him his whole life, being the son of Dusty right. Rhodes, right? But he was never given that kind of opportunity in WWE. He had a couple pushes here and there, but it was usually the two or three week build, and that's it, right? He went yeah. through so many different gimmick changes in WWE, but not to see him here. Um, don't get me wrong; I had question marks on Cody when I first. I'm like, okay, we're supposed to take him serious as a single star, but he's. Excuse me. He's more than filled those boots, man. He was awesome. Oh, so yeah. He won the belt. Yeah. Uh, so this here is from 
the website eWrestling News, right? So it says here, Cody wins the TNT Championship on this week's AW Dynamite. So uh, Cody Rhodes had actually lost the belt uh, several weeks ago. Um, so Cody came back here with his new hair. He dyed it black, and uh, he gained repossession of the AEW TNT Championship, defeating Brody Lee in a dog collar match. Cody first lost the title to Lee back in August. Um, so that was a good reign, but it's mostly the promo afterward that everybody's talking about. Cody kind of got on the on the uh, microphone and with tears in his eyes, basically, he went from babyface to babyface. It was weird seeing like a like a face go face. So basically, what he said was, you know, <laughs> he might have dyed his hair, but don't listen to the rumors that he's turning to the dark or anything like that. He'll never leave his fans, and um, and, and you know, he'll be with them until the end. So. What a freaking baby face promo, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's that's comparable to like Cena, man. Right. Like that is just he, he he's a baby face for life. Yeah. I mean, but you know what? If he's if he's gonna stay in AEW, which he is, he's like what is he, co founder? I forget. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the founders there. He's one of the guys. Yeah, he's one of the yeah. yeah, he's not uh he'll it's definitely by Tony like, Khan, they, but yeah, Cody's one of the guys in there. Yeah, yeah. Tony Khan's the driving uh Money making force, but um, what's it called? He, if he ever wants to go completely heel, like what better way? Because he's establishing that he'll never do that. But like the minute he does, it's like what you know? Yeah, and that's why AEW is so freaking brilliant, man. Like I've really caught up on it. I've watched a ton of it by now, and it's like fuck. There's just so much more there that I can get with rather than the WWE stuff. For example, like slight tangent. Did you see the uh, the retribution shit? How that played out? Uh, the guys in the hoodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. It ended up being a guy in a Bane mask and uh, Mia Kim or what's her name? Mia Mia Jim. Oh, no, name? no, no. But you did you watch Raw this week? No. Okay, so they showed who the true leader was. Right. Who is it? Mustafa Ali. Oh, right. I saw that. Okay, all right. Right. So it's kind of cool, but here's the thing. Yeah. Remember when they did this whole hacker thing? Right. So that was completely dropped. Completely wow. dropped. No one ever talked about that crap again. Right. Now, Mustafa Ali is revealed to be the guy that leads retribution when the WWE, I think Twitter account tweeted like that piece of news or whatever they were promoting the show. They implied that Ali was the hacker from before. It's like, so they try to blend two cocktails together. (laughs) They're trying to fix some wrongs over there, but, uh, (laughs) oh man, it's just like that kind of shit. And they're, they're just so known for doing shit like that. So it's like, Oh, I'm so sick of this damn thing. But, um, yeah, man, it's just AEW's uh, the place to be right now when it comes to wrestling, honestly. Yeah, it really is. And uh, this past Wednesday, they had the uh, Chris Jericho 30th anniversary show. Um, oh, yeah. I saw most of it. It was really, really good. A bunch of different surprises. You had the Japanese wrestlers showing up and making cameos. You had his dad make a cameo as well. Um, and he was a total baby face the whole night. And everybody was really genuine when they were talking about him, including guys like MJF. Uh, Darby Allen, people like that. So it wasn't just like the heels. Like the heels threw it on thick, right? But even the baby faces were like, like Jungle Boy put him over. Everybody kind of put him over as like, you know. Yeah. Um, Greg the Hammer Valentine was there. He was there to watch the uh, dog collar match because he wasn't one of the famous ones. So um, it, was, it, was, it was a really, really good show. Uh, I got to finish yeah. watching it, but uh, apparently at the end, uh, Jericho had a mic, so I want to see if I can find the promo maybe on the website or whatever. But Oh, so you didn't see that part? No. There was a Jericho promo at the end, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that I part. No, no. Oh, you didn't see that no. part. Okay. Yeah, no, it was cool. Um, kind of broke the fourth wall. He spoke for real. It was, it was awesome. Wow. I'm definitely going to check that out. 
Yeah. Funny, uh, funny moment too with um, MJF. <laughs> with the jackets or which part? Uh, no, he just comes out and brings him a present. Oh, yeah. I, I won't spoil it, but <laughs> I'm going to check that out. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of, a, yeah, check it so out. So they're it's teasing cool. now that Jericho Mike kind of likes this guy, you know. Uh, last week, um, MJF was leaving a room where they were all there. And as MJF and Wardor are leaving, um, they close the door and Sammy Guevara is about to like start burying him like what a loser or whatever. Like <laughs> what an idiot. I forget what he said. And Jericho stops and goes, perhaps not. So, you know, they leave a little bit uh, uh, open there. I mean, yeah. Once you watch the end of the show, too, like they had a little moment and it was like, OK, I guess they're they're cool. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. I uh, I have gone back to January just to revisit some of the older uh, um, Dynamites. And man, if you watch the like the show from even February, like they're still building storylines there that they're still working towards, which is pretty amazing. Like even at the beginning of the year, they were still teasing everything that was going on between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, right? And now those two might right. be wrestling at some point soon. So, and granted, That's a lot great. of this, you know, COVID changed things because they were going to go to that Hangman heel turn originally, fairly quickly, and then COVID happened and a bunch of other things happened. They slowed everything down. So now the roles are reversed. It looks like it's going to be Hangman going heel, taking on a babyface um, Kenny, excuse me, a heel Omega, which is a surprise, going after right. a babyface Hangman Page. So Hangman Page, um, even though he is a babyface, if you watch uh, AW um, uh, BTE being the elite, you can see that Hangman has actually done nice things to try to like get back into contact with Kenny Omega and the boys and things like that. So he really is kind of a baby face here when you see him like trying to send them cakes and uh, send them all these like good things for them to enjoy. <laughs> and it always seems to go wrong. Right. But um, I don't know. At least there's some kind of uh payoff to all these little things. You can follow the little storylines on BTE and as ridiculous as they are, they stay on BTE and then the stuff you watch on TV usually stays on TV. But if you watch both, you will pick up on the little digs, the little, you know, the little Easter eggs that they throw in there, right? Right. Really cool. So, yeah. This week they paid off. Uh, did you watch last week's BTE? I did. Okay. No, I'm really behind on them. So there's a running gag where uh, Cole Cabana is just walking backstage with his face all taped up and he's looking for a doctor. So okay. this, <laughs> last week he actually found a doctor and the doctor fixed his oh. face and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so after he removes all the bandages, he now looks like Tozawa, which is Kenny Omega's best friend. <laughs> and Tozawa awesome. in storyline put baby oil on the on the top turnbuckle for Matt Seidel to slip on. Tozawa's in WWE. Oh, not Tozawa. Uh, what the Michael? Uh, is it Michael Nakazawa? It might be Oh yeah, yeah, Michael yeah that's, it, that's, that's it, it. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, I'm not bringing like, other Tozawa guys from different federations. <laughs> I'm like, Tazawa left WWE? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so they blend in the story with Matt Seidel slipping off the top rope. and um, Oh, I saw this. He that puts was the, so the slippery funny. shit. That was so good. Yeah, but anyway, so now Colt Cabana's got uh, 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 his face. So he thinks <laughs> right. that, uh, that that he's, he's Michael. What's his name? Michael Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> Naka whatever, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He thinks it's him, but it's not him. And he goes, it's me. It's Colt Cabana. He goes... No, it's not. He goes, ask me anything. And he and so Seidel starts asking him all these questions that only Cabana would know. And Cabana's like answering everything correctly in his voice while Michael's just kind of miming the words. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay, I believe you. That really is you. 
it's, it's, it's just so dumb, right? But oh, that's awesome, yeah, though. So that's good. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Chris Jericho 30th anniversary show, man, 30 years. What are your earliest memories of, of Chris Jericho? When did you first? Because uh, when you came in, you're a Hardy's guy. They they drew you in, right? Uh, damn. Have I ever told you why I started watching wrestling? No. Like just the plain reason why. Um. Okay. Around the time in 2006, there was this. Like I I didn't like I knew who John Cena was and I knew who the Undertaker was. That was it because I had a step cousin that watched wrestling. Um, but I wasn't really interested in it. But then one time I was like, just, you know, watching TV. I'm, I'm young though. I was like 11 and I see that Britney Spears's husband at the time, Kevin Federline was set to take on John Cena in a wrestling match. Hey, yeah, he- I, like as a kid, I was like, that makes no fucking sense. What? And then I was like, how the hell? Cause at the time, like also I thought wrestling was like, you know, quote unquote real. So I'm like, this guy's going to get destroyed. What's wrong with him? Blah, blah, blah. So then I made an effort. Like I made it a point to like find out when the show was and, and whatever. I wrote it down on a a piece of paper. And then I told my mom, like, look, I gotta, I gotta watch this. Like, I think it's just crazy. I think it's too good to be true, whatever. So what I think actually ended up happening was I tuned in a week too early or no, what I didn't know was the match was actually a pay-per-view. So I watched Monday Night Raw before the pay-per-view and I think Kevin Federline made an appearance and they did like a promo, but oh, it, this was there was actually Smackdown, no match. Right? No, it was raw. Oh, okay. It was I'm raw. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm watching this and I'm like, wow, he's actually there talking to this guy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, for me to wait to get to that point, I saw a couple matches. Mm. One of the matches, Jeff Hardy versus Johnny Nitro, now known as John Morrison, in a ladder match. And there was this Dang. spot where Jeff Hardy did a Swanton bomb and Morrison was laid out on a ladder, but like in the ring. He was laid out on a flat ladder. Morrison left the ladder when Jeff jumped and Jeff just smashes his back against that fucking ladder. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like that blew my fucking mind. I'm like, these guys are fucking crazy. And like, that's kind of like when Jeff won my heart. I was like, this guy will do fucking anything to like entertain these people. So that was the whole reason why I started this in the first place was Kevin Federline versus John fucking Cena. So I mean, probably not the the greatest uh, stories to tell of how you got into something because it's kind of pathetic looking back. But, uh, um, but back to your question. So the Chris Jericho stuff. As I started watching wrestling, um, I you know you get into it. You really you go back. You you learn about all these dudes. And uh, Jericho, I always thought he was like when I what I saw of him because uh, at the time he wasn't in WWE anymore. It was 2006. He wasn't back yet. Um, right, that's what I was going to ask. I think you tuned in yeah. when Jericho left for a couple of years. Yeah, because he left in 05. He came back in 07. You watched uh, Save Us Y2J, that one, right? Where he had the, that's the he one. had the blue background? That's the one. That's when you tuned yeah. in. Yeah, and it was, like, it was like a code, yeah. and he came in with like a vest. But anyway, so they were doing this code thing up until his return, but I didn't know. But anyway, I always thought, like based on what I knew of Y2J, his music was so goddamn good. So cool, like, cause I re- I really got into the to the entrance themes and stuff. So then one day I'm watching Raw and I'm not really catching on to this code gimmick that they're doing. But then one day it randomly gets solved when Randy is like cutting a promo about how he's like the best WWE champion, and um, 
there's like this Olympic torch guy, like runner, running with a torch all the way from some other city. And his goal was to reach the stadium that Raw was at to give Randy the torch. Like that was his coronation or whatever. Yeah. So when the guy finally reaches the stadium, he's like in the like the parking lot or whatever. He gets just fucking clotheslined by a random like dude, and then the pe- the camera zones out, and I'll never forget. Like it's Jericho, he's doing the Jericho pose, yeah. right? And I knew that, like I knew that was what he was known for. And I'm like, no way, am I gonna like see Chris Jericho like ever for the first time in my fucking life? And I did, man. The fucking music started. I was hyped. I was like, holy crap! Like I've seen past clips of this on youtube but i'm about to witness something for the first time like holy shit and uh yeah the the music starts the fireworks go off he comes out man even in the 2007 return he had such a fucking aura about him man he's like a rock star i mean he technically is a rock star but um he he comes in and like you're just captivated like you just want to know what this dude's about what he's gonna say like it was so freaking good man that was the first time i actually officially laid eyes on jericho like watching wrestling live like but like it's it's great and jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time now dude's amazing yeah definitely yeah man he's uh i remember the first time i saw jericho was in wcw this is in the mid um 96 96, yeah during the attitude era man i wish you were uh like a teenager in the attitude era because that was like the best age to experience (laughs) that it was like the best age to experience that (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I saw Jericho there, and then when I saw him, that he was coming to WWE, oh, man, I tuned in live, and when they shut the lights off with The Rock there, I couldn't believe it when Jericho came out. This is amazing. And once I heard that pop, I was like, all right, we're onto something. This is cool. We got one of their guys. We we got one of their guys that is, like, it's going to help us. Because that was such Wait, a— You saw that live? Oh, uh, no, on TV I saw it live. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm yeah, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I was you, tuned in. You saw in. that when it— I always watch that video. That pop is fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that video is like, awesome. It's so huge, man. Yeah, yeah that video is awesome. And uh, freaking legendary, legendary segment. And I remember reading Chris Jericho's book, the first one, because you have to watch it. It's pretty amazing. Like, it tells you, like, all the shit that he had to go through. So um, in the last chapter, the first book is only, like, his from birth to when he makes it to WWE. So all of WCW is in there, all of ECW. So in the last chapter, it starts off, like, with his countdown. Like, he's behind the curtain, nervous as shit. It's like 10, (laughs) 9. And as between every number, he fills it in with, like, somebody that helped him get there or remembering, like, a shitty time, remembering his mom. Man, I'm getting emotional just talking about it. Like, it was so good. Yeah. Damn. And segueing out of that before I start crying on this show, <laughs> Chris Jericho has uh, a book coming out. I had no idea this was even in the works. I just saw it pop up on my Instagram today, announced by Chris Jericho. Oh. This is from his um, Instagram account, Chris Jericho Fozzi. He says, stoked to announce that my new book, The Complete List of Jericho, is now available for pre-order at Jericho30.com everyone's having an anniversary everybody wants to take my money away this year this is a collection of every one of the 2722 matches i've had in my career and paragraphs he wrote yes i've written down every one of them over the last 30 years so if you're a nerd that likes to look at that kind of stuff that's perfect also Mm -hmm. over a hundred rare photographs from my personal collection top 10 lists infographs and more it almost sounds like it's gonna be like a coffee book kind of thing but we'll see um, and if you pre-order now, you'll get a discount. Okay, discount in price, yada yada. Receive a free exclusive podcast. All right. Um, 
don't miss out on this once in a lifetime documentation of a career that will probably never be duplicated again. I'm definitely marking out and going to pick that up for sure. Hopefully the shipping's not too crazy. We live in Canada, which we get murdered here with the shipping charges. Oh, God. I don't know. But the shipping sounds... costs more than the product sometimes. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. Like, as a general rule, if you're going to buy one T-shirt, it's usually not worth it. You might as well just buy two or three, you know? Right. Yeah. But anyway, definitely... so that's an interesting thing. I might pick up the book. We'll see. If it's like 100 bucks, well, let's not get crazier. Uh, man. A hardcover coffee book is 40, 50 bucks right around there, but we'll see. Right. I mean, you have the other Jericho books, don't you? I got the first two, but I've only read the first one. Right. Okay. So, yeah, but that's a great book. The that. first Jericho book is awesome. That whole so countdown good. at the end, I was like, this bastard. Like, <laughs> it's like crying <laughs> while flipping through the pages. It's a great story, man. It's a freaking great story because you think like guys like that, they had no right to make it. When stars look right. like Hulk Hogan, when stars look like, you know, Macho Man, Lex Luger, these gigantic guys, Kevin Ash, Scott Hall, whomever, and you're a small guy coming up. I mean, you saw what WCW was like. You're allowed to be a small guy, but you're just going to be opening the card and that's it. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Kudos to Jericho there on his 30. Um, anything to add to that, Ryan? No, just praise be to Jericho, man. The guy's a legend. Yes, sir. So that's it for the Wrestle Talk this week. Um, me and Pacheco, uh, Ryan Mello, we will get together at some point <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. To uh, We'll do a preview show for Hell in a Cell. How's that sound, Ryan? Oh, sounds good. You down for that? All right. Um, Maybe I'll do better than Clash of Champions. You were doing okay <laughs> at the beginning. You were like 4-0, but you pre- well, you took two ballsy guesses at title changes. I think I just like I I needed like I knew it probably wasn't gonna happen. I'm like, man, come on! Like maybe I could will this into existence. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay though, because you know what? You get points for you can't always go with. Well, my heart says this, my mind option. says that. Yeah. Sometimes you do have to go for what you think is gonna happen. Uh, right, I predicted yeah. Randy Orton would win the title. He didn't. Now do I double down and not choose Orton again, or you know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah, though. but that, that that keeps it fun. But anyway, I'm yeah, done yeah, yapping yeah. about wrestling. Guys, let's talk about some uh, some things going on in the world of video games. So first things first, uh, that happened, I think this is the earliest thing that happened in the week. Um, so Smash Brothers, I'm a huge player, huge fan of Smash Brothers. Uh, I don't think Chris is that much. No, I never, it was one of those games that I never no. played. Even when I did have a Super Nintendo, I never played the Smash Brothers, and I never... Pl- you mean N64? Is that where it debuted? That's oh, okay. Yeah. Then that's probably a reason why, because I was tuned out by then. I, I left 64 pretty early. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm pretty... It's one of my favorite franchises. Um, but anyway, earlier this week, Sakurai, he uh, he, unveil- he unveiled his new character that's coming to the game uh, after like a pretty long hiatus of like just no news about the game. And we still had four, uh, four more characters... No, five more characters uh, to be announced. So, um, it turns out to be Steve from Minecraft. Now, I'm not a Minecraft player. I don't, um, I respect it a lot. I think it's good for kids. It could really, like, unlock some potential, like, creativity that, you know, other things may not. Uh, Chris, I know your nephews, man, they're 
deep into Minecraft. They're going to pop like uh, we just announced, uh, you know, Rock Hogan at the Skydome. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yeah, they're oh, going to lose. They're going to flip their lids. They're going to flip their lids yeah, with that news. <laughs> and uh, I'm happy for them. That's great. Uh, quick, uh, quick question for you. How many characters are in that game now? Oh, man. More than 100? I think it's... No, no, no. I think it's in the 70s, which is still retarded. Right. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Uh, maybe 80s. I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no. I'm, I personally, I wouldn't have picked this character to be in the game, but I'm happy for the people that, you know, get this because he was rumored uh, for a while. And apparently talks with him being in the game started five years ago. So that is pretty intense. That was before the game even released. Um, but anyway, so everyone really excited, just, you know, going off about it on, on social media, if they liked it, if they didn't like it, who they would have had, who they wouldn't have had. But anyway, Twitter crashed because of this. Like everyone was just so gung ho about Minecraft Steve that like Twitter just stopped working for a bit during the day. Um, is that the exact cause why, but like nothing's been confirmed, but I think it's like really crazy or not crazy because like realistically Minecraft is the best selling video game in the world. So like I guess talks of Minecraft uh you know Minecraft Steve joining Smash Brothers could break the internet in a way. Uh I just thought but yeah no I just thought it was crazy. I don't remember anything else uh of this magnitude happening where it like crashes a site. I mean I'm sure it's happened but like to my recent knowledge I don't know. Have, do you what do you think of that? That's isn't that crazy? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's pretty crazy that it would break the internet. Um, some industries have most of their universe on Twitter. Does that make sense? Like Twitter exists uh, more in certain industries more than others. Like, for example, in, in oh, pro yeah, wrestling, yeah. like Twitter is huge. Like there's a huge online community. I mean, as you're watching a pay-per-view, you can't you see these things go viral. Um, and Twitter will tell you this is trending worldwide. Uh whatever wrestling show whatever these things do happen because people want that instant gratification satisfaction news right like if i want right. news on what's happening right now in a match i can wait for an article to come out or i can just go on twitter punch in wwe hell in a cell and just leave it leave the feed on incoming fresh tweets and i will get all the new stuff coming in so i'll know right away like oh okay seth rollins just defeated whomever you know right so Right. Yeah, I think it's it's become the way it works now, man. Um, as far as these different characters in the game, you know, I think that's great. I mean, obviously, good for Minecraft as well. I mean, they they we they do want that sort of cross pollination with the rest of uh, the Mario universe by having the Minecraft character in there. It brings in a potential whole host of new people that would try that game and go back vice versa, right? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Smash Brothers has really become like just a celebration of video games in general. Um, there's like so many franchises represented in this game. It's actually ridiculous. And if you told me 20 years ago that this would happen one day, I would have just flipped my lid and called you nuts. Um, yeah. Like if, you know, like if you told me there's a game where Pac-Man could face uh, Snake versus Cloud versus Mario versus my Minecraft Steve, like, you know, like that's just insane to me, but this is like the reality we're living and like, dude, it's, it's awesome. Like it really is, it really is one of those, uh, pipe dreams that came true. Yeah. Right. And there's always anyway. rumors about different characters coming in. So that's always fun. 
right? Yeah. The speculation is half of it. It's like you really want to like just get into the nitty gritty of who might be in there and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the big the big rumor was Crash Bandicoot, and that was like something I was actually hoping for because that's like that would have been just fantastic, like a PlayStation mascot, essentially a PlayStation mascot, at least back in the day. Yeah. Just being represented in this game would have been just nuts. Microsoft technically owns Minecraft, so they have their representation. Uh, in the game twice now because they also own Banjo Kazooie. So Banjo's in there, right? Banjo's in there. He was one of the, the the extra characters also, which I think to this day that was my that was the pop for me. Right. Like when he, when that got announced, I was like, wow, that is insane. Things have come full circle. Banjo should have never been acquired by Microsoft. But anyway, did you hear <laughs> who else is rumored to be coming into Smash Brothers? Besides Crash, besides no. Crash. Well, I'll give you a clue. Ryu Hayabusa from uh, Ninja Gaiden is uh, one of the rumored oh, yes. characters. They don't know yet. So when you told me about this news, obviously I did my research uh, just a little bit here. But it says, um, following the announcement of Steve in, Mike, in uh, Minecraft, uh, Vergaben was mentioned, has mentioned that another company has been talking with Nintendo specifically on this subject. That company is supposedly Koei, Koei Tecmo. So, man, they're talking to everybody, right? And um, so here they said, stay tuned. I'll keep looking into it when answering a question about Hayabusa and Smash. But the discussions did happen in regards to Smash. Since Nintendo is so close with them, I'd be surprised if those discussions fell through and didn't result in anything at all. So there you go. There's always rumors about different guys going in there. Uh, but that'd be a fun one. You know what? I like to see. I would love to see uh, Tomb Raider Lara Croft go in there, but the 1996 polygonal version. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> right. that'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, even if it's the modern That's one, okay. just give her the skin of like the polygon one. You know? Right. You could <laughs> put the cool. modern one in there because they're not as uh, how do you say it? Not as scantily clad as some of the earlier oh, Lara Croft. <laughs> Excuse me. They've definitely toned yeah. it down. <laughs> but uh, I would love to see right. a 1996 Lara Croft polygonal version in there i think it'd be dope oh yeah she's she's also one of the ones that's like top candidate to be in the game like the fans really oh want my God, like, yeah it's her lara croft it's her it's, banjo it's crash and Metal Gear. those are the playstation guys you know oh that's yeah, yeah. PlayStation i mean right there. Cl- cloud to a certain extent yes. also um but yeah no it's uh it's cool wait did you say banjo is a playstation guy banjo is not a playstation guy <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I meant um, I, I, just I meant crash. Realized. I meant crash. Oh, crash! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's so but, funny because uh, you yeah, had, the, you had the stank eye as soon as I said something like a minute ago, and I'm like, "Why is he looking at me?" Like, but you were trying to figure out like something is not right about what he just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's something off. I just can't put pinpoint what up. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I had just pinpointed what it was. Dang. Anyway, that's the Smash Brothers news. Let's move on. Uh, also, so um. I don't know if you heard about this. Maybe you have. I'm personally sick of these damn uh, news stories about Spider-Man <sighs> and uh, the PS5 thing. But, oh, my God, they, they did something else. Now, this isn't, like, the biggest deal in the world. But now they showed um, – they released a new trailer of uh, Spider-Man being remastered for the PS5. And whatever. It showed things like the specs. It showed the new lighting. It showed, like, just how much more impressive the game will look on the PS5 rather than the PS4 counterpart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then all of a sudden you see this like just unknown face in the trailer, but he's talking like his voice is very familiar and it's basically a new model for Peter Parker. So they completely changed, 
uh, Peter Parker's character model out of nowhere. Um, it does look more like Tom Holland. I'll say that right off the bat. He is the current Spider-Man in the MCU, which is just the biggest thing in the world. Right. So it doesn't surprise me that they would, you know, redo this character model to have it uh, resemble more of a Tom Holland lookalike rather than uh, whoever, you know, acted or, you know, did the, uh, was the inspiration for the first character model. But, um, so personally, what I think about all this, it sucks because I kind of, that game was just, that game made me buy a PS4. I didn't have one until this game got announced and that it was going to be a PS4 only. Right. So this game is the reason why I own a PS4. I grew really attached to the, to the characters in this game. I thought the story was amazing and Spider-Man is my favorite superhero of all time. I've always been like a Spider-Man nerd. I have so many things of Spider-Man. Um, so like needless to say, that's my guy. So I grew really attached to this incarnation of Peter Parker. I thought, you know, everything was, uh, just relatable. Like it was just the same Peter, but like older, he was an older Peter Parker. He wasn't like the, the young, uh, the young portrayal, like we see Tom Holland do in the movies. So whatever, needless to say, I grew fond of this character and now I watch this trailer and it's just a completely different person, but with the same voice and it's like, okay, well, this kind of sucks in my book, but I understand. I understand the change. So, fine. What I don't understand is why do people have to get so fucking mad that they're sending death threats to, the, like, the developers? They're literally getting death threats from the because fans. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Everybody's stuck in this kind of cancel culture. They want to oh, yeah. they want to <laughs> bang down your door. People are bored. I cannot wait for everybody to get the fuck back to work so we can do something better no with our time. fucking Get kidding. a fucking oh life. Oh, my God. Get a life. Seriously. Like, these fucking games, man, like, you're not even qualified to make, to be part of the creation of any of this. And you're going to, like, send death threats to, to people that made this game for you just because the, the character looks different. Like, look, I just said I'm not too fond of the change. But I'm also, I can live with it. It's not a terrible change. He still looks, it's a cool model. You know, he still looks good. Mm -hmm. It looks more realistic, if anything. Like, it suits the current, uh, the game. The whole reason that they said, by the way, that this had to happen was just so it fit um, the voice actor's uh, voice better. This character model fits his voice better. Which, okay, I can see why they think that. Um, But whatever the situation is and whatever the reason is, there's no freaking excuse to be sending people death threats. Like, that's just fucking stupid. So there's, so let me get this straight. There's a guy that gets paid to do the facial stuff. So this kid, wherever he is, he got paid to uh, to be the facial model for Spider Man, right? Right. So they scanned his face. I'm asking you. So they digitized it. That's his face, right? Mm Hmm. Yeah. But the guy jumping around, doing all the motion capture, that's a complete different guy, right? The actor is not swinging around and stuff like that. I don't think. I don't think the action scene, I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think the actual graphics of him with respect to his head, uh, other than that, I don't think anything else has been changed, right? No, I'm pretty sure it's just, um, it's just to get the likeness of the actor and that's it. The rest they do, yeah, the rest you know, is programming that. wise, there's none, uh, there's no acting involved. There's only two actors. It's the dude who they get to, to look like the character, yeah. which his name, it says here, his name is Ben Jordan. Right. And then there's uh, Yuri Lowenthal, who's a well-renowned uh, voice actor for video games. So he does the voice act, uh, voice acting of Peter Parker in this game. So 
other than that, yeah, no, there's nothing else involved. Like they, they, I'm pretty sure they do the whole, the whole movement thing themselves with their technology and their computers and their, uh, you know, gadgets. But, uh, um, it's, it's, it's whatever. It's a small change. Like the, the, re- the only reason why I'm bringing this up isn't even because of the change. It's just the people are just idiots and like, they're just taking this out of proportion and it's just not cool. It's just not fucking cool. <laughs> well, you're kind oh, of, man. uh, not, uh not on board with the new face but yeah that does look like tom holland if anybody hasn't looked at this like that's you know that's, oh, that's tom, tom holland. holland and the developers are saying like oh, you know as we change well, they they made, they made no mention of that but it does look like him i wonder if part of the reason they did this and this is me being a conspiracy theorist and we're going to put our tinfoil hats on i wonder if this has anything to do with when the avengers game came out couple months ago one of the criticisms of that game was the characters looked very basic and looked nothing like the people from the mcu right like the the actors but that's okay because they're not supposed to be the 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 actors or whatever but to some people the fact that they don't iron man doesn't look like robert downey jr um it's less of a game because of that they want to see those familiar faces so i'm wondering if there was an executive decision made to make Spider-Man's face more recognizable like Tom Holland so that when the average fan walks into that video game store and they see Tom Holland, right? You squint your eyes a little bit and stand back. That looks like Tom Holland, man. You know what I mean? I wonder if they did that on purpose to kind of capture that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Like, that has to be like they could say that it's oh it's just a it's a better fit for the voice but like come on like you wouldn't go through all that trouble just for that i mean what's done is done you guys made the first game like years ago already at this point like come on man you're not going to like how about you switch the how about you remake the uncharted games and give uh, nathan drake a different face so it fits the voice better like no one's going to do that yeah you know what I mean? So, like, I think you're right. I think the that game, uh, the Avengers game, yeah, heavy criticism on uh, on the way they looked. I personally, like, I don't think it looks bad. Like, wh- I, I'm one of the, I'm a comic book nerd too, so I can differentiate the movies. Like, to me, the the movies are their own thing. The books are something else. Like, so like when I see the like. Iron Man not looking like Robert Downey Jr. That doesn't really bother me because I know he's not supposed to look like Robert Downey Jr. But I could see the casual market, the casual fan, like if he's not really into this stuff like all the time or really hardcore, he can look at that and be like, well, I mean, this looks kind of dumb. That doesn't look like Robert Downey Jr. I don't want this game. And then there you go. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics loses a whole uh, fan base or a potential uh, buyer for the game just because they don't look like what people are used to. This could totally be that. They could have totally just went out of their way to make the character model look like Tom Holland and that's that but they're, they don't want to admit it they want to blame you know a completely different reason well i think also what we're seeing uh pac-man is um we're seeing a reliance on real life hollywood actors in these games now using hollywood right. actors in games is nothing new they've been doing it forever but now the technology has gotten so good that you can literally motion capture keanu reeves Justin Timberlake put them in these games and it's them. Right. So when people right. are going to the video game stores, 
how do you compete with Spider-Man? Well, let's have this game out there, and it's going to have uh, Justin Timberlake, and it's going to have Keanu Reeves, and these are two names that have a little bit of buzz, especially with Keanu uh, filming the uh, the Matrix uh, movie right now, the new one, the sequel. So mm-hmm. um, very much his name is kind of in vogue, if you want to put it that way. So I'm just wondering if this is also a decision to just choose somebody that looks like a Hollywood star so that at least when people are out there buying the games and looking at the reviews and things like that, they might see what looks like Tom Holland and pick it up. But um, right. I have no doubt that uh, his face probably won't even be on the cover. I would just imagine it's Spider-Man's face, right? But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And our last bit of news, uh, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. Oh my God, not again. Um, so for those of you who don't know, about the Joy-Con drift situation. Uh, There is a problem with the Nintendo Joy-Con controller where after a long amount... uh, Sorry, what am I saying? After you use it for a really long time, uh, the the left joystick starts to go and it starts to drift. Usually it's the left one. I've heard reports about the right one. Um, But it just starts drifting. It makes your guy go up, down when you're not trying to make him go up, down. Uh, so anyway, this has been a problem since the release of the system, and it sucks. It really, really does. Uh, but anyway, a couple of months ago, I'd say, uh, a law firm decided to uh, you know take things into their own hands and sue Nintendo for this problem. So now there's an update about this whole thing, and it's just I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say to this, but I guess it just it makes sense if you're the defendant, right? But Nintendo claims that the Joy-Con drift isn't a real problem. It's basically uh, something that doesn't actually affect anybody, and people this just this just doesn't exist, and they're just gonna act like it doesn't exist. Um, so yeah, it comes from the the uh, the law firm CSKND. Uh, They represent plaintiffs in the class action lawsuit against Nintendo. So what they want to do now because of this is uh, they want people to make uh, like little videos uh, explaining and showing Joy-Con drift. They want to make a little montage uh, of all the problems that, uh, you know, consumers have had. And they just want to make this this little video to present to court about how Joy-Con drift is a real thing. Now, I don't really get why they need to go to this extent. I mean, they could literally go to YouTube and just find all kinds of things, all kinds of videos about how like the Joy-Con drift is a real thing and how like annoying it is and frustrating it is. Um, but this is like where they're at now. So I just want to say like, man, it's like Nintendo's a huge company, huge. Like they're worth like 65 billion. I think I read, I I don't even I don't know. I can't even comprehend that number. Joy-Con drift is like fuck all to them, honestly, if we're being fair. Like they don't care. They're, the Switch is still selling amazingly and people are well aware of this problem or at least most people are. Uh, so for them to like have this on their conscience, man, it's like it's not even phasing them. And they it's like they have the balls to say it's not even a real problem, which I, I kind of, you know, it upsets me because I do have a few Joy-Cons that have the same problem. And at the beginning, which this is the weirder part, when this started becoming an issue, Nintendo was fixing this for free. Like you would just uh, send your Joy-Cons in, you would only pay shipping, they would fix it and send you back uh, either fixed or at at times like just brand new ones. Um, So, I mean, that clearly states that they acknowledge that it's a problem. But then, I mean, COVID hit, that service shut down, and now they're not doing that anymore. 
a little bit of time passes by and now they're saying that it's not a problem. It's not real. So, I mean, I, it's a pretty shitty thing to, to say and do, but also, I mean, you're, you're in a class action lawsuit. Like you're not going to admit to the faults that you're being blamed in. So like realistically, anyone would deny anything, but I think it's just crazy that they, they would word it like this. Like they just, they're going to come out and say, it's not a real problem. It's insane to me. What do you think? I think it is insane. I think uh, Nintendo should have a repair service. Does it COVID or not? You got to protect, you know, your customers. I've right. since I was a kid, ever since I picked up the I don't know if it's on the back of the Nintendo, but I know it's on the back of the Nintendo 64. That little picture of Mario with overalls and he's like fixing something and it says oh, to yeah, have your screwdriver. Yeah, <laughs> to have your system fixed, you call that number or something like that and I forget how it worked. Do you do you know how it worked uh, retrospectively like I think uh, you like mailed no. it in or something or you brought it somewhere. Um, but I heard on, um, on a scoop, like, you know, maybe six months ago that they remember a story of, uh, people, um, having their systems picked up from their house from like a personal Nintendo employee and then taken to their facilities and then brought back completely fixed for them. So I thought that was interesting. I might have that wrong. I'm not sure if it's the console itself, but I did do know Nintendo did something like that. And also, just to uh, bookend what you were saying earlier about the Nintendo worth, Nintendo is worth $37 billion U.S. Oh, my. Which is about $100 billion in Canada. Hey, careful right. now. Hey, oh. <laughs> no, no. It's about you know, $37 billion. That's about maybe, what, $50 billion here in Canada? Maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, you know, it's the problem, too, Pac, is it's not like these Joy-Cons are twenty four ninety nine. They're a hundred bucks, Canadian, that's eighty, the, eighty in the states, the whatever problem. it is, or sixty in the states, whatever it is. But um, right. they're not cheap. Although I didn't know that you can buy a single Joy-Con. I didn't know they sold them that way. You know what? I've I I, I knew about that, but I've never seen it in real life. Because you know the uh, for anybody listening, my Nintendo Switch recently turned heel. So my Nintendo Switch did this <laughs> thing where now the left Joy-Con, when I slide it in and it clicks into place. Where the little, um, uh, I guess, the magnets or whatever they touch the chips, um, it will click. not register. It clicks in. You can hear it go click, but it will not register it as an extra Joy-Con. It still thinks that it's separated from the controller. So what I have to do is um, now I have this little piece of paper that I used to cover the little pins on the side of the right. left side, and then I'm able to slide it in and click into place, which is not bad. So I thought, like, okay, this isn't bad at all. Like, it's a little piece of paper, and I've used it so many times that the piece of paper is folded into the actual shape of where the pin's got to go. So now I just keep <laughs> right. it. I just slide it right in. The only negative, though, is because I'm blocking the pins, it's the screen is never charging the con. So the left Joy-Con right. is always draining faster than the right Joy-Con. Um, right. But my Joy-Cons rarely go, and I put a lot of hours on it, so hasn't been too, too bad, but... I, I do have to remember now when I dock it, if I do want to charge the Joy-Con, I just have to slide it out, remove the little piece of paper, slide it back in, and it'll the pins will read it. And leave it. It's so weird. I've done I've done everything that I've been able to find on YouTube. I've recalibrated the controllers. I went into settings and I removed all the controllers. I added the controllers, but just haven't been able to have any luck with that. So um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll pick up another joy-con maybe just the left one but i'll just pick up a set you always get the deal when you get the set anyway right yeah i mean 
$49.99 or $99. Dang. I mean, it's it's whatever. Yep. I mean, Canadian, right? It's not like that in the U.S., those lucky uh, lucky neighbors of ours. But yeah. uh, <laughs> You know what's crazy? It's uh, Yeah, go ahead. The crazy people are the ones that buy the uh, they buy those knockoff Switch Joy-Cons that are usually a disaster. Oh, Have you geez. seen those things? Oh, yeah. I like watching them on YouTube. Sometimes when I'm bored, I'm like, I bought this fake Joy-Con. Come take a look. So you look at it, and it looks pretty good. But right. you can tell it's cheapy plastic. It's bendable. You can you can really and the buttons always give it away because there's something that Nintendo does with those buttons that cannot be replicated. You know, so right. They're always bigger the fake ones. I feel and very clicky and plasticky. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, I feel you. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it bothers me too. Oh man. But yeah, the uh, this. This drift thing, man, it's a problem. I really wish they'd fix this or at least like acknowledge it, do a better job of like f- doing something about it. I don't know. I mean, there's another article here that popped up where like a kid and his mom, they're suing Nintendo for $5 million over like buggy Switch controllers. Dang. Like, okay, like first of all, you're not going to sue Nintendo for $5 million su- successfully. That's just not going to happen. But I mean, like, look, this just adds on. You, this It's just fuel, fuel to the fire. It's fuel to the right. fire that... Joy-Con drift is real, and Nintendo are just fools and insane for denying it. Like, guys, come on, just admit it. Right. <laughs> There's a problem. But anyway. Uh, Joy-Cons. I do recommend anyone who has a Joy-Con, or uh, a Switch, rather, uh, if you play on the TV a lot, get yourself a Pro Controller, man. It's worth the money. I play, like, whenever it's on, on the TV, like, I I use that thing. I beat Mario 64 with it. I play so many games with that thing. It's just, it feels so good. It feels just as good as a PS4 controller to me. Like, it's just comfortable. Super comfortable. Um, way better than the Joy-Cons. But of course, if you're more of a uh, mobile user like uh, my buddy Chris here, you're going to need some Joy-Cons that work. And uh, if you have to resort to paper in the uh, insert holes, God bless you all. Yeah, and it's recycled paper. So anybody out there watching, recycle. <laughs> That's right. Recycle. You have uh, how many Joy Cons do you have? You have a coll- you have all of them, right? I'm missing. Um, You're missing the one I'm my missing... my uh, nephew has. I, I don't even count those because I can't buy those by themselves. I got to buy a whole new system. But yeah, I don't have the Mario so uh, Red limited editions. Yeah. It is so stupid. I hate that. I really wish those those Animal Crossing colors also got released separately. Man, that mint green and mint blue, like oh, those look so good. Yeah. But again, that's that's out of my reach with, unless I buy a system, which I'm just not going to do if I don't have to. But uh, the ones that they sell separately, I'm missing the uh, the blue and yellow uh, pack. But I have all the other ones. I got the uh, the black ones, the red and blue ones, purple and orange, pink and green. Uh, a lot of them are just not even in use uh, at this point. Whenever I get the drift, I switch it out. That's when I break them out. So I mean, I'm ready for the drift. Bring it on. How many drifts do you have? So the original ones that came with my Switch, the left one is drifting. Damn. Um, and I'm pretty sure another one is drifting. Oh, I, I just remembered. I also have the two yellow ones. But anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, there's another pair. There's another left one that I have. I don't remember what color, but uh, it's also drifting. Interesting. So it sucks. It really does suck. I'm gonna check that out. Because you don't even you don't even you don't even know what to do with them after. Like you could fix them, I guess. Like you could find a way to fix them. But like realistically, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to freaking go on a YouTube. Uh, a YouTube video explaining how to open them up, what to do. Like, oh, God damn. It's just, it's so much. Uh, plus, a uh, buyer beware. The second you open your Joy-Con, you avoid the warranty. So Nintendo won't, if you fail at fixing it, Nintendo won't uh, help you out of that one. 
And there you go. And like I've heard that putting the thing back together even after like a failed attempt, like that's it's hard not to uh like to hide it. It's hard to hide that you opened it already. So, yeah, I don't like messing with the insides of electronics. I don't care if there's a YouTube video that breaks it down and makes it easy. It's just I don't like to mess with computer chips or anything like that. I don't know electronics, wiring and shit like that. That's just not my right. jam, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you have the uh, banana yellow Joy-Cons and what's the story behind those ones? Yeah, 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 those are the ones I I forgot to mention. I do. Those are look those, those look are- badass. Those are cool. Uh, they came. Uh, they released with arms when the game arms came out. Those uh, those are considered the arms Joy Cons. Oh, they're sweet. Those look sick. They they really pop out. Yeah, reminds me of uh, Donkey Kong for some reason. The Donkey Kong N sixty four banana. Yeah, controller. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never had that. Wish I did. Are you looking them up? No. <laughs> but I was looking oh, okay. at them. They <laughs> popped up in this article. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's it for the gaming segment of this show. Let's, uh, Chris, let me ask you something. Do we have any stories this week? We have a couple of uh, news stories that I've been working on all day here uh, at the uh, news office. Now, I have a couple of uh, stories here that I'd like to share with everybody. <laughs> so this first one is very interesting. If you're a fan, are you a fan of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, or did that, I mean, or is that, did that skip your generation by the time you saw the movie? You're like, ah, this sucks. Uh, no, they made me watch it in school. So I saw there it. There you go. So this story from Newser. Um, it says, A bright spot in COVID times, the founder of Jelly Bean Company, Jelly Belly, is launching a nationwide treasure hunt that sounds more like something out of a storybook than real life. David Klein, who no longer owns Jelly Belly, is giving away a Florida candy factory to the lucky winner. Participants will be looking for, yes, golden tickets. Those who find one will win $5,000, and the grand prize winner will get the key to the Candyman Kitchen, ABC7 reports. Not just anyone can join the hunt, however. You need to pay 50 bucks to get the riddle required. Ching To play, and each state's treasure cap treasure hunt will cap participation at 1,000 people per press release. So that's cool. Dude, imagine owning your own candy factory. Like, they call oh you God. tomorrow. They're like, congratulations, you now own the candy factory. <laughs> I don't know what I Dang. would do. I I remember watching the movie um, Richie Rich back in the mid '90s with Macaulay Culkin, and uh, oh, yeah. was that based off a comic book? Might have been, or off a book at least, something like that. I'm not sure. I don't know where Richie Rich came from, but anyway, he um, no, not Richie Rich. I'm sorry. This is other movie called Blank Check. Oh, okay, you lost me. So no, this guy <laughs> runs over this kid. On his bike. The kid's okay, but he mangles his bike. So this business guy or whatever, he goes, oh, I got no time for this. So he goes, here, kid. So he gives the kid a blank check. He goes, how much is the bike worth? He goes, oh, I don't know. Here, I got to go. So he gives him a blank check, and then he takes off. But he signed the blank check. So this little kid puts, uh, not that little, 10, 12 years old, puts a million dollars on the note. And, uh, you know, because it's a movie, it's ridiculous. So he cashes the check, and all of a sudden, he's a millionaire. So I just remember being a kid and watching this like, wow, is this possible? And I, believe it or not, like the, the most 
the most thing that I popped for was uh, out of everything that he could buy and afford, I popped when um, it was either the Pepsi or the Coca-Cola truck pulled up and just was unloading like skids of Coke products. I'm like, holy shit, this is cool. You know, like that's balling when you have like the Pepsi truck pull up to your house and drop off like a thousand kids. Oh, right? shit. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, slight tangent there. But that's what that kind of reminded me of. So there you go. You can win your own candy factory. That's so cool. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do with a candy factory. Um, it's pro- I'd probably be dead within a week from all the candy I'd be, I'd be eating, but um, it's interesting. Can't believe that's real, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, any Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fans or Willy Wonka and the Cho- uh, Chocolate Factory fans. What's one? The original is Willy Wonka, right? The original is uh, Willy Wonka. There's two. There's Willy Wonka and the – there's Char- is it Charlie? Willy Wonka – I don't remember. I Which remember. one's the remake? The remake with Johnny oh, Depp. Oh, yeah, okay. So that's called? the Chocolate Factory. That's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And the original one no, is... I, I, well, they, the original one's Willy Charlie? Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> right? Am I making stuff up? You are contradicting yourself left and right. That's awesome. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory here, according to Google, came out in 1971. The name of the movie, Willy Wonka and the okay. Chocolate Factory. Um... Yeah, so that's the original yeah. one. Yeah. And then there's a okay. sequel, Willy Wonka and the Great Glass Elevator. What? Yeah, that one's, Never heard that of that. one's little known. Yeah. Whoa. If you ever want to win some quick beer money, just be like, uh, what's the name of uh, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory sequel? People go, there's no right. sequel. <laughs> uh, well, I put a 20 idiot. down. Uh, yeah. Put a 20 down. Okay. <laughs> Charlie, Char- Willy Wonka. Hold on. I might be talking out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Willy Wonka and the Great. Glass Elevator, which also looks like was a movie. Charlie and the Ch- and the Great Glass Elevator is a children's book by British author Roald Dale. It is the sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, continuing the story of young Charlie Bucket and chocolatier Willy Wonka as they travel in the Great Glass Elevator. So there you go. You guys ever want to win some wow. beer money? That's how you do it. There you go. Tell your friends, yeah. kids. Tell your friends. Because someone's either going to laugh at you or they're going to be like, oh, I know Charlie and the, uh, Charlie and the, and the Chocolate Factory 2. It's like, no, dummy. It's not what it's called. They can win <laughs> some. Nobody knows about this movie. It's kind of like the Ugly Duckling. Nobody remembers. That's insane. Nobody remembers well, Charlie yeah, and the Great Glass Elevator. Well, yeah, you just blew my mind. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. And it's funny because when I was a kid, we used to have these scholastics where you would like write in which book you want to buy and you'd give like an envelope with some money to your teacher and then the books would come in like a couple weeks later. And I remember I purchased this one thinking it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but it was actually Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. So I got oh, that book. You got the sequel. Yeah. I didn't want to read it, but yeah, it was pretty good. I I don't know if I even finished it, but uh, I just remember thinking, damn, it's the wrong book. Right. Meh. All right. Let's see what else we got here. So this one is uh, also from the user. It is about a game that a guy started at 14, still going on in his 50s. So this says uh, Robert Wardo began his Dungeons and Dragons marathon in 1982, one year oh before I was born and hasn't stopped since. So this is from the user. Right from the description on his website, you can tell he's serious about gaming. Hello, my name is Robert Wardo, and I am the Dungeon Master in brackets DM. Although Wardho's full-time job is as a history professor at the University of Western Ontario, the Canadian man's unofficial part-time gig 
is running what he believes is the world's longest Dungeons and Dragons game. A campaign, he says, has been taking place over 38 years. CNN reports that Wardhow first jumped into the fantasy role-playing game when he was a young teen after reading through a friend's rulebook. His game started out with just four players, but now it's ballooned to nearly 60 players, with some participants even coming to his home where he houses a collection of 20,000 miniatures from all over Canada. Virtual players can play from as far away as England. He hosts up to four sessions a week, which can last from four to five hours in his basement. What makes his play uh, unique is that he weaves his knowledge of history. I'm just kidding. Last year, he told the London Free Press that they are notoriously bad at singing in touch with each other and that it addresses uh, that challenge. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I knew early on that if I was able to create a game that was good enough, uh, my friends would keep coming. So there you go. This guy's been playing a board game since uh, 1982. Pretty tremendous. What the hell? It'll probably That's never end. Tremendous. I mean, I don't know shit from applesauce when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons aside from the basic knowledge, but at 60 players, that feels like it's going to take a long time. That's that's insane. That's just crazy. Yep. Another st- People never surprise me, though. No, they're silly. Another story I got here oh, yeah. <laughs> is uh, another story I got here is the White House gift shop is selling Trump COVID coins. So there's an unofficial shop celebrating President's <laughs> personal defeat of the virus. So this is also from user the White House gift shop, which no longer has any official ties to the White House, isn't waiting for President Trump to make a full recovery before it commemorates his recovery from COVID-19. The online store is now taking orders for a $100, quote-unquote, Trump defeats COVID coin to be shipped 11 days after the election. In the listing for the coin, WHGS chairman Anthony Giannini says he designed the coin celebrating Trump's, uh, quote-unquote, Ascendance over and personal defeat of the deadly COVID pandemic virus. As the final commemorative coin in the Proud Moments in History series chronicling Trump's candidacy and presidency. So if you got an extra hundred bucks laying around, you can buy one of these coins. Number one, who would buy this? Oh, tons of people. And number two, yeah, never mind. Never mind that first question. You're right. Tons of dumbasses would buy this shit. But number two, this just proves Trump doesn't actually have COVID. How so? They're already saying he's going to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> they already went full out with merch. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And uh, last story here. Brooklyn Pizzeria will put your 2020 anxiety to rest all for the price of $1. So check this out. If 2020 has you feeling unhinged and you happen to live in Brooklyn, good news. For $1, you can get some reassurance that everything will be just fine. Mashable reports that the menu of Vinny's Pizzeria Pizzeria now features a positive reinforcement section with this item. Their website reads, for $1, our delivery driver will look you straight in the eyes and tell you that everything is going to be okay and you're doing the best that you can. The Pizza Shop's Tuesday's Instagram post about its new item has nearly 4,000 likes as of this writing. One commenter asked if they could just order the words without ordering uh, any pizza. (laughs) Nuts, right? This was Vinny's reply. There's a $15 minimum order, so you have to order 15 comforting sentences. But if you'd like only one, you can order it as a pickup, and we'll tell you how great you are, uh, how great you're doing from our pickup window. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome 
Oh my god! So that's Vinny's Pizzeria in uh, Brooklyn. Oh man, I got a craving for pizza now. Dang. Oh, same. Me too, Dang. actually. So there you go. That'll uh, put everybody in a in a hunger. I I don't know what to say about that. Like, that makes me happy, but it also horrifies the shit out of me. You yeah. Know? Ugh. God. You just pay. Like, we need to be. We need to. You just pay a Sorry. dollar enough. To pay, <laughs> you just pay a dollar for somebody to say you can do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, are you kidding here? me, man? Like, oh, damn. I need to pay Chris. I'm gonna pay you like two dollars for you to drive here. Right. Look me in my eyes and say, uh, it's not my fault. Okay? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. <laughs> for one dollar, I'll text people and just tell them good night. You know what I mean? Just so they have that companionship. <laughs> good night, sweetie. Good night. <laughs> Never mind, man. These people are smart, man. This is just entrepreneurs at oh, hell work. Yeah. You know, they're just starting up their own businesses. They're trying to hell yeah. They're trying to like break into this new market right. of uh, self loathing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's insane. I got to say, these are happier stories than last week's bear killing the alpaca story. That was really Yeah, sad. I think after we killed Caesar the alpaca, I was like, okay, let's simmer down a little bit and try to figure this out again. And uh, let's go with some happier stories. So there you go. Everybody likes some pizza. Happy thoughts. Everybody split on Trump. Um, everybody likes candy. So I kind of just looked for uh, common things that everybody likes. But there you go. That's it. Chris turned baby face this week. <laughs> I did. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I'm never leaving you guys. Yeah, he's never leaving you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, is that it? That's it. That is it. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. This was an amazing one. I had a really good time, man. I don't know about you. I felt really good about this one. Um, it's just, damn, I love how we just get lost on the topics and just go for it. Um, but yeah, anything you want to add to that? Um, actually, uh, yeah, Ryan, if anybody's uh, looking for a little recommendation on Netflix, mm -hmm. check out the show American Murder, The Family Ooh. Next Door. Um, this is a very tragic and sad story about this guy, Chris Watts, who kills um, his whole family, two daughters, pregnant wife. Um, and it's interesting because I've been following this case because it's pretty recent. This happened. This happened in uh, uh, 2018, so it's a fairly new one. I never told you about this one where um, the cops come sure to his house. I'm pretty sure you talked about this last week. I did? Or, or, or maybe you talked about it yesterday when we recorded uh, the Fresh Prince review. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yes, yes, that's because I saw it. I said I was going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is yes. really good. It's a really, really sad uh, documentary movie. Um, and it's basically told in two parts, intertwining each other. I'm I'm thankful this isn't like a part one of ten documentary. I think we need to get away from these ridiculous, super long documentary. You know, just keep it short. This is an oh, hour yeah. and twenty, uh, an hour and forty minutes, so it's pretty short. And um, yeah, it just basically tells the story of uh, everything from what was caught on camera to a uh, police officer wearing camera. So it's it's all it's all documented from the very beginning, from the when the time the cops get to. Uh, Chris's house to the interrogation to everything else really really uh, sad story and um, it's interesting because by all accounts Chris Watts just literally seemed like a, like a normal dude um, but this 
documentary really digs deeper into figuring out the why, what was going on between him and his wife that caused him to just kind of snap and and do this. Um, Or did he not snap? Was this premeditated? So really, really good. It tells the story of the family and the kids through um, the wife's Facebook and social media posts. She was very big into social media, so she was always posting pictures and videos of her kids. So unfortunately, because of this, you're now able to watch kind of her last few weeks through social media leading up to uh, the death. And it's chock full of like text messages sent in real time with respect to where the story is going. Um, and they show the text messages as they come and go. Really, really a good, sad, but uh, a very interesting, uh, very interesting documentary. Really, really good. That's The American Murder, The Family Next Door. It just dropped uh, this week, so check that one out. I thought it was really, really good. Awesome. There you have it. Check it out on Netflix. All right, guys, that's it for the show. As always, you could find us on Instagram at Podcast Fresh, uh, Twitter at Podcast Fresh T.O. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Podcast Fresh. It's always Podcast Fresh. Of course, we have the uh, the regular Fresh Prince reviews coming out weekly, uh, every weekend. This also drops. Uh, it'll start dropping weekly. I don't know what days. We haven't really decided that yet, but uh, stay tuned. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep up this momentum. We do, we want to thank everybody that's reached out, everybody that's supported us on social media, uh, people that just, you know, parade us around. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the views. We're really happy with, uh, with how this thing's going. Uh, and we're not going to stop. So, you know, be prepared for the long run. <laughs> Chris, anything yes. to add? Nope. We'll be back next week. Uh, we've already recorded podcast Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So that'll be out uh, tonight or tomorrow. Well, tomorrow. Um Yeah, thanks for the download, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. All right, guys. Stay fresh. Last few tracks have been A1. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Back with blood. That's just facts. Man, that cloud just on the run. Photo stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts. Last few tracks have been A1. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Back with blood. That's just facts. Man, that cloud just on the run. Photo stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts. Never been the one to boast the shit that I've been through For those of you who know me Know I do this shit for you The ones who talking shit just know I'll never fuck with you Man let me repeat that I do not fuck with you or you Sipping on this drink It's got a homie feeling loose Whipping through that six I'm in my civic open roof Man I feel alive so suicide Been on the move Bumping all my jams that's making bitches Cop a groove Finger on the trigger got a Sippin' on this liquor, got the same effect but bigger Mentality be different, now it's fuck what people think And ever since I did that, I've been climbing up the ranks All this shit I talk, bitch All this shit I talk, bitch Flexin' from the top, shit Flexin' from the top, shit I'm just piling up my stacks I'm just piling up my stacks That's just motherfucking facts That's just motherfucking facts Last few tracks have been A1 Man, don't front, that's just facts Hey, my drip just been on point Back with blood, that's just facts Man, the cloud just on the run For the stunt, that's just facts Celebrating past the run I'm the one, that shit facts Last few tracks have been A1 Man, don't front that's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Back with blood. That's just facts. Man, that cloud just on the run. For the stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts. I've been
been on the ground for a minute. Trucks on rails, how homie been living. Oh, run the game until I'm at the finish. Hey, you big dogs feel like diminished. Hey, everybody hit me with the business. Oh, I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Oh, in the whip, killer with the pillin'. In the whip, in the whip, rollin' like a villain. Hey, yeah, the young king been chillin'. But right now, right now, back into the killin'. Right now, right now, tryna get a million. Yeah, it's in sight now, I just got a feeling. Hey, I've been on my own damn way. Every beat that comes out, I just gotta go and slay. Cookin' all the shit so I can throw it in your face. Fuck your version. All I gotta say is, hey, ain't nobody messin' with the vision. Villa in the hills with the drop top living. Chuck a dollar bill, I just wanna do the mission. Say I'm not real, motherfuckers been fishing. Shiny in my neck, cause these bitches been kissing. Glass in my left hand, cognac sipping. All white kicks, fans still kicking. Rolling in smoke, Cubans, I be ripping. All this shit I talk, bitch. All this shit I talk, bitch. Flexing from the top, shit. Flexing from the top, shit. I'm just piling up my stacks. I'm just piling up my stacks. That's just motherfucking facts. That's just motherfucking facts. Last few tracks have been a one. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Backward blunt. That's just facts. Man, the cloud just on the run. For the stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts. Last few tracks have been a one. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Backward blunt. That's just facts. Man, the cloud just on the run. For the stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the